you know what time it is? It's time for Saturday Night Special. The show where... where Cock loaded and ready to rock. <laughs> That's right. It's SNS, not your normal comic show. We've got a lot of fun tonight, I think. We've got some... Uh, got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, yeah. We're going to talk She-Hulk. We're going to talk that dumbass show, uh, House of the Dude Dragon or the House of the Boring Dragon. Did you just say House of the Boy Dragon? Boring. Oh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what is the House of the Boy Dragon? I was like... We've got some comic reviews we're going to do. We've got a new segment we're going to try out. It's called Movie Wars. I think it's, you know, which is the movie you'd rather see kind of deal. And we're going to try to do it as a theme. But today I kind of just did it as fun just to try it out. So, but we got a lot of cool stuff that we're going to do. We were going to start with Ish, but uh looks like he's uh, fashionably late. Or he bailed on us. One of the two. I'm not sure yet. So he's, he's fashionably fashionable. Fashionable. You know, I'll bring something up real quick. Why we're a little funny thing. I sent it to Matt in the chat, but I was driving. I was driving to run errands and stuff today, and I pulled up to this intersection. And you know how everywhere there's there's homeless people with signs now. I probably saw one of the best signs. That if he was just a smudge closer, I actually probably, I actually probably would have given him money. And I sent it to Matt this morning, and it said, "Where's that? Here, I'll just share my, I'll just share my screen real quick." One time, I, it's. It's incredible to me that you would expect a man named Ish to show up on time. What time? What time is it starting? Five ish. So, so what his sign said? Let me see if I can. It says, "I want money for beers and hookers." Me too. And I was like, you know, that guy, that guy deserves money, even if he's not homeless. No, that guy deserves money. At least he's being honest. And you know what? Maybe he just wants a good Saturday night. And he doesn't have the internet to watch Saturday night special. But I want money for beer and hookers. And I like how he made the two O's look like boobies. Just to to drive it home what he really wanted. (laughs) Let me add Ish into this. Hello, Ish. How you doing? The cherry on topper. So the internet working. I just thought ish. that was funny. It's working ish. There we are. So ish. What was the comic book store like this week? It was pretty exciting because we moved uh, an AF fifteen, and that's always it's kind of bittersweet because now we don't have one and we have to go pursue one, but. It's always a pretty big deal. So you sold an AF-15 this week? Yeah, the one we've had for uh, 
like a month. No or way. Two months maybe. That was this something that was planned, or did, did someone just actually just walk in the store and says, "I fucking need that." No, it was it was a deal that had kind of been in the works for a bit, and then a Bill Dick finally pulled the trigger, pulled it, pulled it out of the case. How much did you sell it for? That I, I get arrested tell. whenever I pull it out of the case. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know about you, but is that how you get uh, beer and hookers? Yep, I pull it out of the case. So for they laugh because it's so small. Money. <laughs> you sold an AF-15. What else happened to the shop? What was the what was the books that people were most excited about this week? Um, well, yeah, always a lot of kids coming in for that Fortnite book. That uh, generates a lot of excitement with the kiddies. Um, I don't know. Otherwise, there wasn't really one book that that totally stood out. I'll be honest with you. What book were you most excited for this week? Um, I'm always excited for Fantastic Four. So yeah, that's a personal favorite. Sold. So every time that comes out, you know, it's always what nice to have that, that in my on? pile. Issue 46. So they're two issues away from the final issue with Dan Slott, which is weird. They can't, they can't go to 50. They got to end it at 48 and start again with a new number one. But Just like Dan Slott. Can't finish shit. Ish, was there a lot of yelling at the comic book store this week? Is this in reference to my voice? Yes. Yes. No, he just over Star Trek. Screaming. Screaming at the top of my lungs. We're rich. We sold it after. No, I'm just I'm coming off of something. And just earlier, actually, I fucking popped my ear. So I'm having a bit of a rough time right now. You popped your ear? Yeah, I was blowing my nose so hard, my ear popped. Did you blow your eardrum? <laughs> and I can't, I can't get it to pop back in. Just get a Q-tip and shove it back in. So anyway, no, that's not a good idea. So what else happened in the comic book store besides <laughs> the AF-15? What else? Um, we actually had. Do you need anything else? You sold an AF-15. <laughs> We've had a regular customer who's been shopping with us since he was 13 years old. We we uh, celebrate our sixth anniversary this year, so he's 18. He's he, no, so he's going off to college. So he kind of came 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 by to say goodbye, and that was kind of you know when we have these stores and our regulars, they kind kind of become like family. You know, you make friends, and everybody becomes kind of a, a, a part of the fabric of the store. And so I don't know if he's listening tonight. Shout out to Carson. You know, we've known him since he was a little kid. He's got amazing taste in comic books. I give him credit for that. And now he's, you know, he's moving away, going to college. So he asked that we still kind of collect a couple books, but basically had to close his pull folder for the most part. Where is he going to school from? Or to? It's undisclosed. Uh, I believe NAU. So he's not that far, but they got a comic book shop up there too. So. Oh, well, that's not dedication. Dedication would be like, mail me my books every week-ish. Dude, that's what, uh, there was from <laughs> well, the other that, store. That, that, that can get expensive. They, uh, he was in the Air Force. He's in the Air Force. And, dude, they shipped him his, wherever he was in the world, they shipped him his books, like, every month. So what if you were in the Space Force? Yeah, we had a customer. 
<laughs> then I would be contacting Elon and be like, look, we need to work something out because I need to get my books to space. Yeah, launch them up in a Tesla. Let's see how yeah. that works. So well, you do it with Bezos because you get free hey, shipping look, if you have Amazon Prime. If, if Vin Diesel <laughs> and the guys from Fast and the Furious can put a Fiero in space, I can get my comic books in space, all right? You got that right. Sticks Boy, what Hartman's talking about is we're live on Renovision as well as Absolute Geek. So you can, both chats you, can, you can join us in either chat for either YouTube channel. But He runs both ways. So I don't. I know some of you guys in here watch our thresholds of reality, and it was just kind of funny to me. And we we touched on it when we were interviewing him. We were interviewing a guy named Bart. Bart Sabrell. Bart Sabrell, and what he was doing is he was proving that the moon landing never happened. Oh, this staged. Guy. It was filmed here on Earth. We never made it to the moon. All no, that the, stuff. the moon landing was fake, but the film was staged on another planet. Yes, it was really on Mars. Correct. But what was kind of funny is, you know, we were, ta- we were ta- talking about this and, and it's just, you know, we've made, you know, supposedly we've made, what, six trips to the moon. But now NASA is testing the radiation to get to the moon. So they have these fake, they're putting these fake type of like humans in with, with all these probes and stuff to see the measure of of radiation that they're gonna get going to the moon. Don't you think they already figured they would have already figured that out? I don't know. Yeah. The Artemis, the unmanned Artemis space mission launched today. But uh but shout out to Patrick for me- mentioning our best episode ever, Jason Porn, otherwise known as Johnny G. I, all I know is I want to take whatever that dude's on. Whatever that dude takes, that's what I want. I don't know if it's ayahuasca or what, but that dude is nuts. He takes this, yeah, he takes the same thing that uh, Aaron Rodgers does. Yeah, ayahuasca. Dude's, <laughs> that dude's nuts. And... What's up, Shane? So I just thought that I was just, I was at the bar last night and we were talking about that. And I just, you know, we made it there six times, but you know what? Now we really got to test the radiation. Now that we're, now that we're really gonna do it, we really should have done that in the first set of moon trips, but we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. So, but enough of that talk. On to comic talk. What should we start with, Matt? Uh, we can start with Sam's anime stuff if he's ready to go. Um, we can start with the news, whatever you guys want to do. Let's do some anime talk. Let me get that. Big news time. Big news. Hold on. It's my computer's being stupid slow right now. Slideshow. Big news delivered at a slow pace. Big news. Hold on. I guess I got to switch. This one, screens. the first story up is the one for everybody who likes One Punch Man but wished it had more cock in it. Now's a great time I, for that slide. <laughs> I don't know if I and there's the cock. Punched. There we go. Rooster Fighter. Volume one is 
now available for purchase. We highlighted this on another channel in the distant past, but this is one of my favorite titles coming out today. It's about a rooster who kicks ass and uh, it is fantastic. It's hilarious. It's a little bit um, sexual. <laughs> one of the first in the first chapter, you see the rooster laying some pipe with some hens in the hen house. <laughs> it's fantastic. The cock is laying some cock. Yeah. And uh, this is this is a fantastic title. I hope you guys check it out. Rooster Fighter. It's available at viz.com and probably at your local bookstore. Next yes. up. There was some big, big news. There's <laughs> big, big news in My Hero Academia for the last couple issues. Big things happening. Uh, if you watch the anime, there's some big spoilers here. Uh, but Bakugo has had a rough go of it. He's uh, not looking too good in the comic these days. Um, and, then, and then also... We got to the big reveal of the big bad, all for one. His face was finally revealed. Um, do you have that slide too, Kyle? But yeah, this is all for one. Getting a good look at his face finally. Is he Deku's father? I mean, that's a real question. We don't know. That's something that's kind of been hanging out for a long time. My Hero Academia has a lot of, of references to Star Wars. A lot of their location names are locations from Star Wars. They have a like Jakku and Tatooine and um, that's all these Star Wars stuff. Hoth, yeah, but they they reference it in My Hero Academia. So a lot of people think that that means that the big villain is going to end up being Deku's father. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Sweet. Stick voice is all for one is all for love. <laughs> <laughs> so those of you who are, you know, Netflix subscribers or, or fans of One Piece know that Netflix has been working on several live action anime adaptations. They dropped Cowboy Bebop earlier this year and... I thought it was pretty decent. You know, there was obviously some big missteps there. Um, but that particular adaptation was done by the same studio who's doing the One Piece live action adaptation for Netflix. And they they wrapped film principal photography on season one of the live action. Uh, they, they're going to have 10 episodes. It's looking very promising, at least from the set the set photos and the uh, the casting uh, announcements die. that have been made. Uh, so I have, you know, a, a little bit of hope for this one. I'm, I'm hoping that it turns out pretty well. They do have a lot coming ahead, which is the 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 post, the the visual effects, the sound effects that they've got to add. The music's got to be good. And hopefully they're able to pull it off. They're certainly spending a lot of money on it. Uh, the the rumor is that it's about nine million per episode, um, and in ten episodes gives it about a hundred million ninety to a hundred million dollar budget. So uh, hopefully they pull it off. 
I don't know how much they're going to spend on the visual effects, but I know that Netflix acquired the visual effects studio that did um, King Kong versus Godzilla and has done a lot of visual effects packages for a lot of big movies, big action movies, comic book movies that you guys are familiar with. They're called Scanline VFX uh, and Netflix. They're, they're out of Germany. Netflix bought them. And my guess is they're probably going to be the ones working on one piece uh, live action. How faithful will it be to the book? That's a great question. Um, well, my guess is it's About probably 80, going to. What's that? About 80 20. <laughs> my guess is that, well, I'll tell you, they are, they're probably not going to go panel for, pan, for panel. Um, for example, the introduction of one of the main characters, Roranora Zoro, is going to happen before his introduction in the, the manga would have happened because they're going to show him being approached by a group of bounty hunters that will that would figure very heavily in season two if it gets that far. Um, and that's not something that ha that you see in the manga. They reference it in the manga, but they don't actually show it in the manga. So my guess is they're going to take some liberties, which is natural. Uh, it's not going to be panel for panel. But if if it's even halfway decent, like I think this could be a big, big thing, probably probably as big as Game of Thrones, maybe. But uh, we'll see. Well, that's going to suck because that show blows. Yeah, well, the, the thing about Game of Thrones is they ran out of source material before they got to the end of it. Uh, with mm. One Piece, they'll probably it run out of... way before that. They'll probably run out of actors before they run out of source material. You know when Game of Thrones sucked? Season 1, Episode 1. <laughs> I can't say. I have never seen it. Like I was saying earlier in our chat, my wife is doing a uh, Game of Thrones trivia tomorrow at her work. So I had to sit there and fucking suffer through fucking all of those horrible episodes. Nudity did not save that show. Like True Blood, well, nudity yeah. saved that show. That's pretty sad, Kyle. Wasn't even worth fast forwarding to the nudity. <laughs> All right, last slide. Um, the a lot of you who watch anime are fans of the Full Metal Alchemist series. Um, this still right here is from the latest Full Metal Alchemist live action movie, which is Revenge of Scar. But Netflix announced that they're going to do a third live action movie. Um, is the final <laughs> uh, let's see what was it called the final the final transmutation on absolutely on Jedi Earth. just for you buddy yeah so there's going to be another live action full metal alchemist movie they're doing pretty well um, I, I watched this one and I, I enjoyed it pretty well uh, hopefully they continue to to do well. That one's coming to Netflix too. Transmutation. Well, the, all three of them are uh, uh, the first two are on Netflix right now. So yeah, we would expect the other one to come to Netflix. I, I think Netflix is producing it. So yeah, it'll be on Netflix. And I, I'm surprised you didn't talk about One Piece being Toei's biggest anime movie to date. Well, it's it that is true. I just think box office numbers are pretty boring, especially when they're from Japan. Granted. So 
I know we've talked about in the past that that Netflix was is thinking about uh, you know going to ads. But what do you guys think that if you pick the ads version, it cuts your Netflix bill in half? Yeah, but you still have to watch ads. I hate ads, dude. I hate them so much. I would rather pay. Like that's what drives me nuts about uh, what is it Hulu? Where you have to watch the same two fucking commercials over and over again. And same thing with like if you watch something on uh, like Direct TV, like a past show, it's the same two commercials. I just want to leave Netflix alone and not do like the blocking the password sharing, so I just can continue stealing other people's Netflix. Yeah, I, I think I had an idea. An idea came to me when we were doing Couch Crunchers to do like a streaming co-op where everyone would commit their passwords and and their streaming sites to a to a group, and then everyone would share. But uh, apparently, Netflix doesn't think that's a great idea. Sharing is not caring for Netflix. Not at all. So they're like, what we're making all these series and spending hundred million dollars. We got to recoup by. Up in your bill and make it so you can't password share to make you poor sons of bitches pay you for know it. what you know what Netflix could do though, and this is this is radical, is they could actually produce good content. Oh. And then they wouldn't have as big of a streaming problem. You're asking a lot. <laughs> like just just produce content that people really want to watch, and then you won't have these big problems. Because it seems like when I try to pick something on Netflix, it's like a, you settle for something to watch. Like well, we'll go, yeah. like my wife and I will go through it. We'll be like, okay, okay. Well, I guess we'll pick between these two things. And it's usually something you've watched like a thousand times. Like it's a movie you've seen like a thousand times. Yeah. I'm watching, I, I watch, you know, I'll watch the latest thing. So like Sandman or Stranger Things. And then I go back to, one piece reruns or I go back to better call Saul reruns, although better call Saul might be coming off soon. Um, or breaking bad, you know, same stuff in between like the big, the big show pieces that they, they promote, but a lot of their stuff, I'm just like, not interested. Um, if it weren't for the guy coming on thresholds, we, I would never have looked at haunted and haunted turns out it's very chilling, uh, because it's like real life stories. Yeah, real life ghost stories. That was pretty cool. It's the, the thing about streaming service though that's kind of annoying is like that was supposed to be the transition away from cable. It was supposed to be a la carte. Like you now it's becoming like cable where you have to instead of just paying like two hundred dollars to get all these channels, you have to pay individually pretty much the same amount, if not more, to have all these streaming channels to make sure you can watch all this content. Like it's it's just a new form of cable. It's it's ridiculous. It's just too expensive to have all of them. Yeah. Which is why I don't have HBO Max or Hulu. You just need to start we an just LLC Apple so we TV. can just write it off. Just start an LLC for, for Renovision so we can just start writing the stuff off, write our subscriptions off. Sam Sam is a lawyer. He can handle all that. He can handle yeah, I'm all on the it. Already on it. <laughs> yeah, he can handle all the filing of the paperwork. <laughs> Already done. You hear that? Yep, it's submitted. <laughs> so, should we get into our big topic of the week? What? What's that? Our news? 
No, CBCS. Well, that's part of the. I, I threw that on the news, but yeah, we can talk about it. Here, watch this. We're gonna we're gonna do this. Yeah, all right. There you go, Kyle. CBCS. What's up with CBCS? So it came to light. Someone's uh, dinner's ready, it sounds like. Probably ish. <laughs> Is it time for another ish? What's ish housing on Saturday nights? What's ish? That was, that was a chill's dinner. <laughs> Don't burn a hot dog tonight, ish. Oh, man, that was bad. So it came out this week that Stephen McDonald of Clan McDonald Comics. If you've if you've been on Facebook for any period of time, I'm sure you've stumbled across his his Facebook group. He he's a big facilitator for CBCS. He's you know I've sent him books in the past to go, and you know he would get books signed for me and then he'd get them graded and he would have them shipped back to me. Like I had uh, my Thanos thirteen by signed by and I had my Scotty Young, uh, Spider-Man Deadpool cover sign, and he sent it back to me. Really nice guy, really cool dude. Who came out this week as after almost seven years of business, after months and weekly, what happened is CBCS is not able to locate 367 of his submitted books as of July of 2021. How the fuck do you lose 367 books? Well, it's not just that. Yeah, he submitted them in July 2021, and they waited like a year to to talk to answer him back and say, "We don't know where your books are." Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Between like the stuff going on with CGC and that stupid acetane cover, and now the CBCS stuff, you got to think like. PGX is just sitting there licking their chops, and they're like, "Man, if we can actually get our shit together, we could we could come out looking smelling like roses on this." I don't say with EGS, they have to be like, "All right, yeah, yeah." I was gonna be like, "I don't know about PGX, but EGS, they actually just got their own proprietary slabs too this summer, so they're ready to rock and roll. This is their chance." I might have to give them another shot. So is this just a question of EGS? Is this just a question of hubris? Like the comic, the comic book grading companies that are, that are at the top just say, you know, where else are you going to take your stuff? We lost your stuff. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it. Nothing we're going to do about it. Good luck finding someone else to grade your stuff. Is that is that what's happening? Pretty Everything much, except I mean. the part that we're not going to do anything about it. That's not true. They obviously they are. They will. They have insurance that covers this kind of stuff. Well, they yeah, just and they came out. Go through the entire process of figuring out what the hell happened. But yeah, it sucks. Mm. Everything you said was true, except they will. They're not saying, "Oh, we're not doing anything about it." Of course not. Both companies have been inundated in the last two years to the point where I yeah, don't see even has I to can, have a an optimization firm a book. come in and see if they could shore up their process. I can understand a book. Or two, you know, shit happens, it gets misplaced. But 
367 books. That's a lot of fucking books. And it's crazy. To, yeah. And like my point of view though is like that's cool that you're gonna take responsibility for it and fix it. But why are you gonna? Why did you give this dude the runaround for a year before coming out and saying, "Look, we can't just find your books. We don't know what happened to them when they got if they got lost in the move from Florida to Dallas. We we have no idea what what's going on with them. That's cool that you're gonna come out and say you're gonna launch an investigation and find out what's going on with misplaced orders and handle it. But why is it happening in the first place? Like every time I drop off a book to CBCS or CGC, I'm scared i'm not gonna get it back like if only they had some sort of way or system where you hand them a book they go okay and they get a barcode and they scan it in and at least in their system so they you can track it somehow but i it's just it's so sketchy i didn't know it's been a year that's crazy i thought this was kind of a new thing that just he talks about how he's been given the runaround for a year before they would finally admit that they can't find it after a year yeah that's kind of crazy yeah i'll tell you that thing that i know that that steven does is every book that he gets, he scans it so he knows exactly which book is yours to get back. So every book that they're missing, he's got scans of it. So he knows, you know what I mean? Like, but like 300, I mean, that's short boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right, a so- lot of money to get it all graded, too, man. Like, I just don't get it. Like, how do you? How do you misplace that many books? Like that's that's not a mit- there how can you really say I misplaced we misplaced 367 books. So when I when I hear a company has been negligent or committed some wrongdoing say a year later that they're going to initiate an investigation to me that says they've already done the investigation and now it's time to cover their ass. That's Probably. the purpose of the investigation they're initiating now is how can we make ourselves still look good in the face of having done something wrong or allowed something bad to happen to these books. So my guess is they already know what happened to the books. Somebody walked off with them and and it was probably someone they employed. And... And so now they're saying, okay, well, how do we make ourselves look like the hero here? Is yeah. there a way to be a hero here? Somebody was like, man, Hulk 181, that's got to be at least a 9-0. Pulled it, put it away, took the form, crumpled up. Kobe shot in the trash, and <laughs> we can't find it. Yeah, we, we don't know where it is. You know, I can't find that book. And. That, I mean, it's good that you can get insurance on that stuff, thing type of thing through the mail and stuff. But it, good lord, like what? Yeah, what's the like, right? I, I trip out when I said, like Matt was saying, I trip out when I said a few books that it just takes forever, and I'm, I get antsy, and I'm like, like you know, I know, fuck, it's probably gonna be me that it gets lost or something happens to it, and like I just. I, I will say I hope that that's not the case. I hope it's not the case that Kobe. they. I hope they find the books, and I hope everybody's happy and everybody gets what they want in the end. Um, and just in my experience, that's not the way it plays out. Like, uh, who's who said that? I Nathan was like, the best inventory management system has faults. I get that. Obviously, it's in there. 
inventory. They just can't find the books. But come out and say that. Be transparent about it. If hey, you know, the, know, the best inventory system is probably banks, right? They they only track one product, and that is money. And they catalog it, I and like they count money. it, and they count it again, and they count it like once every hour. Make sure that their their registers are all clear and and everybody's. And then if some money turns up missing, you know what happens? Somebody gets fired. And then there's a claim and there's a, they notify somebody and that's not what's happening here. Says, uh, sticks boy says inventory loss is usually 10% faculty. Faulty. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Right. Logan. The timing couldn't be worse for CBCS because they had a window with CGC and the whole acetate stuff and, you know, their recent troubles, that was an opportunity for CBCS to really step up and take a bigger share of the market. And then this happens. It's like, boom. Well, right. And that's why I'm saying, like, you got to think like PGX and any other grading company that like EGS are sitting there. EGS, they're licking their chops, like ready to go. And like they're, they're ready to scuff some corners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, just I don't know. I just think it's, I you know, with, with CGC. Sorry, with CGC, we had our Rob Liefeld signing last year, July. I'm and sorry. And those books just went into the grading queue. That long? Yep. It took 13 months just to get into the grading queue. Somebody didn't fast pass. Well, we're going to fast pass an entire signing event. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) this guy brought him in? Just put him in the back, Dave. (laughs) You know, CGC announced that they they fixed a lot of stuff and their uh, turnaround time has decreased and all that. And a lot of that is true because I have seen people do submissions and get them back real quick. The problem is when all this newness was implemented, none of it was grandfathered. So whoever had already been waiting eight months, they were just going to keep on waiting. But it was new submissions that were getting turned around fast. I'll tell you. So at Phoenix Comic Con, Phoenix Fan Fusion, I sent four books off to be graded um, by CBCS. Two of Kyle's. or No, yeah, it was two Kyle's. So it's three books. Two Kyle's, one of mine. And I got them back fast past in about a month. And that was probably the fastest I've ever gotten them back. They were out of my hands and back home in a month. But my biggest issue is, is that the, the fault in um, the system is one. So Kyle and I both sent off the amazing, uh, amazing Spider-Man 20. Um, two, yeah. 2001 world trade center special 9-11 world trade center special edition. So, the small one yeah so they're both great they're both signed by ramita and so his was already signed and i cracked it to get signed by somebody else and i got mine signed by ramita they put on both books that they were signed by ramita in 2018 and gave us both the same grades so i don't know if mine's really an 8.0 or an 8.5 but they gave me kyle's grades with all the same dates as kyle's on it and i had it all day signed this year and so it's just like they just like oh okay and just copied and pasted all the paperwork and threw it in and away it went 
lazy fuckers. So like, I don't know if mine's actually an eight eight zero or eight five or what it's gonna be. I don't even know if mine was actually graded because the grader notes are both all the same. They're identical. So it's just like there's got to be some sort of transparency or ownership in anything. Like, like I don't know, man. I feel like just saying, oh, we're launching an investigation isn't really good enough. Because like Sam said, it it stinks of we already did our investigation. Now it's time to cover our ass because we know we fucked up and we don't want to take as much responsibility for it as we should. Yeah, the only reason we knew which book was mine because mine actually, under Ramita's signature, he wrote 18. <laughs> yeah, he wrote the date. <laughs> so. Did he put the date on yours? No, he didn't. Mine is not dated. <laughs> So. Did he say he was your friend, Kyle? Did he put it in writing? I did not have him put it in writing, but the next time I see him, I'm gonna follow up on that. <laughs> him and Kyle go go on a uh, a trip every summer together. They're very good friends. They go to Martha's Vineyard every summer, every summer together. We do, and we reenact Jaws. We mm-hmm. hitchhike to uh, to the beach. Like you and Kyle was five years old all yep. over again, hitchhiking across Mars of the Vineyard. I'm surprised you didn't call him about that. What's that? I'm surprised you didn't call them about that. I haven't yet. Where Where's it going to get me? Nowhere. You know? It's just like, oh, well, we graded it. That's what it is. Okay. But I don't know. There's just got to be some kind of like it. I don't know. This boils down to me is, is it worth grading books now? Not until shit gets figured out. <laughs> Comic Noob just says CGC just messed up sending two books with the same grade and barcode to another YouTuber. I'm sure that that was someone else's book. So that is a lost book. Yeah. Damn. This amateur hour, man. This bush league. And I get it. Mistakes are gonna happen. It it it's just the way it is. But like that's what I'm saying. Like they need some sort of barcode system that they put a barcode, stick it to the front of your bag and board, scan it in their system. You've got the matching barcode on your paperwork, so that way you know and you can track it. So that way through the process, you know that's still your book. There's tons of times I question where, like. It's okay. Well, is this still my book that I'm getting back? Well, I don't remember this scuff being here. And that's why I've taken to actually, before I send anything out to get graded, I'll put it in my scanner and save it in a file on my computer. So that way I can go like, oh, okay. Just double check. It's my book. Cause that, I'm very paranoid. And you hear that all the time that people are getting books back to like, that wasn't my book or that wasn't bent or that wasn't done like this. You know, it's just, it's very, you're, you're relying on, trusting them because the minute you hand them that book or the minute you send it off and deliver it with them, it's out of your hands. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know what's happening behind the Oz curtain, you know? But I mean, I know, well, I guess I can't know if a hundred percent sure, but I have sent books off to get signed and graded and I've got them back. And I'm like, that is not the book that I sent. I have at least three examples that I can, run to the other room and grab and bring back because like I get certain books I know that are going to be like and I've talked about this before is like 
I've sent a couple books off to get, uh, I'd sent them off to somebody else to get signed and graded for me and sent back. You know, it was like, and like Brian and I, I had a stack of books and we narrowed it down to like, we had a fucking monocle or fucking like a jeweler's thing that we're looking for like imperfections. And we're like, okay. And then I get the book back and I'm like, 7.5? Whose fucking book is this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, bent back cover. <laughs> Motherfucker didn't have a bent back cover when I said it. But yeah, Scuffed you're kind of right. What do you do now? Scuffed corners. Scuffed corners. I don't know, man. It's just. Is it worth grading books now? Certainly a scuffed corner sounds a lot better than a bent back cover. Just saying. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I think it, sh it it's worth it, yes, because it definitely is a it's a safety net on the value and the grade of that book because you know that once it's encapsulated, the, the grade on that book is not going to change. But it shouldn't be that because it's graded by CBCS or, or – well, I should say because it's graded by CGC – the value on it is better or more sought after than CBCS or PGX or whatever other company Ish wants to promote this week. You're not going to force me to say EGS again. Well, uh, there you go, EGS. There you are. But when I'm you had saying. your Liefeld signing, did anybody send their books to EGS or did they all just automatically go to CGC? Yeah, we just did CGC, of course. What happens if somebody wants the option? Your shit out of luck. You know, I, I'll do it for them. If someone's like, hey, I want to send this to EGS, be like, bring it in. I'll, I'll, I'll send it up. I'll send it out. Gladly. Do you get some kind of kickback from them-ish? I, I just want I to don't. I'm just Full fan. transparency here. You're just like, hey, man. You're even sliding in my DMs and you be like, hey, I, I feel like when I reach out to Tony, he's like, he never even remembers who I am. I'm like, come on, man. I bug you all <laughs> the the one good thing I'll give to EGS is Tony... You customer services you email him, he emails you right back. Yep. Like there is no if at like he like and that's one thing I do like is communication. You know what I mean? Like if you I don't not I don't need special treatment, but like I need special treatment. <laughs> I like, like I just want communication. Hey, where are my books? These are where your books. Like CBCS used to be like that. You could email CBCS, and they would email you back. This is where our books are. This is where your books are. This is what's going on. Like you could call and like email them, and they were super responsive. I don't think they are as much anymore. Yeah, I just like I said, I wish there was some way you could. Just scan a barcode and, or enter it in your computer and or QR code or something where you can see where your book's at and you know and where it's transparent so you can be like your book has been received your book has been you know what's, scanned what's in the system action? your book is being read at home by Billy the night shift man in his underwear while he scratches himself or you just with Cheetos you know, whatever fingers. they yeah with Cheetos fingers or whatever they do with those cheesy books, man. Like, it's yeah it's just like the encapsulated booger. Yeah. Tell me you got any Wait, sticks, boy. What are you stick. saying is the insurance fraud? I don't get it. But then, I mean, even like CGC pushing that bad idea, invisible book. Like, what kind of shit is that? Like, it's yeah. just 
It's I a bad, know, that was a bad idea. Like they're diminishing their own product. Pun diminishing their own product. You know, and it's so funny with all this craziness going on. Bad ideas back. They thought like, well, yeah. as long as there's a bunch of fuckery abound, we're back in business. Yep. It's like it's time for us to come out of the woodworks now. I don't know if everybody knows, they actually have a full comic book in this week's preview book. Yes, they do. And it was actually kind of an interesting uh, concept, but... What's that again? Bad Idea released, like, one of their books that's coming out in, like, the full book in this week's previews. This month's previews. Or this month's previews, sorry. Sorry Sorry-ish. So I just I I feel you know last words on this is I feel bad for Steven. I feel bad for each and every one of his customers that is you know some books are hard to get to replace. Like you know you say it, oh I could sell my collection cuz you know every every book is replaceable but there are some books that I wouldn't be able to get it. It would take me forever to to acquire some of these books. Yes. Stumbling Jedi said how many AGP episodes has Kyle ripped grading companies' asses live on YouTube? I'll wait. Probably about as many as he's complained about waiting for to get his books back from being graded. The very first time he says, I'm never fucking sending books away again because I can't do this. This is bullshit. And now he's got like tons of them. He just <laughs> comes back. He's just a glutton for that punishment, baby. Dude, I do not have the patience to send my books away to get graded. I just don't have it. It's not in me. I don't, I, I, you know, I, I'm not patient when it comes to that. So. Stick boys is saying you got short fingers, Kyle. I don't know what that's about. I wish. Why doesn't, but. Because <laughs> he has a deep rectum. Uh, Wait. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, oh, look, we got Sam back. <laughs> well, uh, just, conversation again, Sam. Like a deep rectum? What? Is yeah, there any kind of grading? Them. Is there any like kind of grading for manga and stuff, Sam? That you know of? Uh, not right. Nothing in in the U.S. There's nobody grading manga volumes. I mean, honestly, yeah. the resale market for manga is pretty. You know pretty poor we could put it, them in the same kind of encapsulations that they do vhs yeah i mean yeah, theoretically we could start a podcast but... called manga heads <laughs> the problem with it is like they they print them and they reprint them like it's it's just not a really good resale value for well, manga like... volumes but the manga magazines do have pretty good resale so but is it you... also because uh People who read manga, they're not encapsulating isn't their thing. It's it's actually reading them. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of where it's at. I mean, there is some resale going on with the manga magazines. Um, Wait, you mean by magazines or the original comic books? Because the original eighties manga comic books sell really well. Yeah, they come in. They generally come in magazines. So. Like the first appearance of of something is like a newsprint magazine and you go to the corner store and you pick it up and it's like 400 pages of 20 to 25 different manga series. And you, you might have one 
series that week that has a seminal a seminal uh, plot point or introduction of a character or reveal of of something happen in that chapter and so that has some resale value because people are like oh i want to see it in its original presentation um and that's what we've been looking at as far as like trying to dig up manga spec manga volumes and i'll, I'll grab one for example could you could you imagine grading like all of your one piece <laughs> so i picked up one piece volume 100 and this itself probably will not have any resale value for a good 20 to 30 years um this my earlier manga uh you have a volume 13 that has some foil on it even this doesn't have much resale value. It's like 30 bucks for this. The original original purchase price was eight bucks, probably 30 bucks for something like this. So it was a little bit, a little bit of value, but not a ton. It does it in the back of the, the back of the comic book store. In the back room. Come with me. <laughs> you can go. Serving yeah, number 32 your... for a, a butt check. You can get your new releases and a prostate exam all at Fantastic. You World get a Comics. free new release with every butt check if you go to Ish. He calls that deep rectum. Deep rectum, you damn near killed him. So I make everybody turn their head and cough. You hear the fucking the snap of the rubber gloves. Now now, one one thing that does get passed around a lot, as far as manga goes, is the free comic book day One Punch Man. That does that seems to be doing well, you know, year in year out. But uh, yeah, for the most part, those manga volumes, like like I just showed you, don't have a lot of resale value. Well, because there's not even is there even a physical manga for One Punch Man? Because wasn't it isn't it all online? Uh, you can buy those volumes, um, but the the original chapter release is digital. Yeah, you're right. But comics are online too. Yeah, but I mean that's where One Punch Man started. It's not like most manga that start in print form. It was web based, and I think they transitioned to print form at some point. Well, but... yeah. So the original is still ongoing. It's called a it's a web comic, and it's it's done by an author who has a, a pen name One. And he's the author of two really highly beloved series, One Punch Man and Mob Psycho 100. And uh, and then Shueisha, the, the publisher, hired Yusuke Murata of iShield 21 fame to come and work with one. And they are basically reinterpreting the original webcomic into a new manga that they publish online on a Shueisha-owned website. And they, they don't have a set schedule for when they publish. They, they publish it when the chapter's ready. And it generally takes about 10 days to two weeks between chapters. And it's actually a really neat format because Yusuke Murata is now adding animated GIFs into the, the weekly or the, uh, the chapters. There was one where he had like a, a big cloud and it was like thunder and lightning, but it was just Garo and, and Saitama fighting but it was a gif and it was really really cool um so yeah one punch man is released digitally and then they 
will compile those volumes and put them in like the the books that I just showed you for One Piece. No solo, it's just that you can't read. <laughs> well, manga is in J- we read what is it uh, left to right, and in Japan it's right to left. That's because they're smarter than us. Right to left, but there's also so we we write our sentences right to left. They write them up and down. Yeah. Uh, we we read them left to right. They they write them up and down and then right to left. So it's even different that way. So when you get when you get a volume like that, they have taken those up and down sentences and turned them into left to right text. But you still have to read the panels in the way that they were originally intended. Mm-hmm. That sounds hard. Well, yeah, Kyle, you saw with Chainsaw Man how tough it how tough it could be, right? Yeah. But Chainsaw Man was so good, I I, I muscled through it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why a lot of people just prefer to wait for the anime. But but yeah, the resale market for for manga volumes like depends on the series. I'd say like you're not gonna go to like a half price books and find a lot of One Piece there. People who buy One Piece volumes tend to hold on to them for a long time. Uh, you, you probably will find a lot of Naruto and a lot of Bleach things that. So that so that does give them value then. People are hanging yeah, on to them. They're scarce. You know that. I will say I will say that I had to replace. I did have to replace a volume not long ago, and it cost me thirty dollars. And the original uh, retail price was ten bucks, and it cost me thirty dollars to replace. So. Um, as time goes on, I guess they do become more scarce. Uh, but there are 500 million volumes of One Piece in uh, in circulation right now. So, uh, what is my thought on Record of Ragnarok? Um, I haven't read Record of Ragnarok, but I did watch the season of anime that they put on Netflix, and it's really it's really kind of neat. It's a, it's a it's like a fight club of all the different gods and and mythos from human history uh they've got some pretty wild character designs i think aphrodite is probably the most hilarious one she's got like these men's servants holding her giant boobs up it's pretty funny but but uh yeah i enjoyed the anime how do i apply for that job (laughs) (laughs) i've hired two people to do that for me (laughs) so uh yeah i do I, i i enjoyed the anime i hopefully um get the chance to dig into the manga but uh you know, you, you you do the things you have time for. I can just picture Ish going, you've been here four times, Tom. I'm not sticking my finger in your butt again for a free comic book. <laughs> but I got to already told run. you. But I really need that wait, hot book. Wait, wait. So I, really I stick my book. finger in his butt and he gets a free comic book? Yeah, that's not how it works. This is starting to remind me of a bad joke, but uh, the uh, there are no bad jokes here. This guy, this guy goes up to these these folks in the parking lot. He's like, "Oh man, they're this so crazy. This guy over there, you you really need to check your parking lot." He says, "If you if you show him your butthole, he'll give you a cookie." And the guy picks up and takes a bite out of cookie. He's like, "Yeah." Anyway, he's over there. <laughs> he's the cookie that the guy gave him. Oh, <laughs> Just one finger. I had to use all five. All right. So uh, Peter Parker's pants asked about Berserk. 
Berserk is a long running series. It was very popular. Uh, still is pretty popular, but the author of Berserk died and he, he left instruction for another author to pick up where he left off. Uh, so it was on hiatus for probably, uh, I think three to six months. If I, I, I don't know exactly how long, but it was like three to six months and they just started re reissuing or republishing berserk under the new author. Um, I know that some people are a little, um, reluctant to dive in with the new author because it seems it seems very different from how it was originally but this is the <laughs> this is the intended ending i think they're trying to get the ending that it was intended to have uh under the first offer author so it is it is awful that the the author died but uh very very good series and hopefully they can wrap it up and give it the send off that it needs Next that. question. Watch the anime. <laughs> Dude, watching TV is way easier than reading. Yep. Unless it's anime because they're subtitled. You're reading it anyway. I just wait till it's American. <laughs> wait till it's dubbed, yeah. <laughs> but our next story, Ezra Miller reportedly met with Warner Brothers Discovery execs earlier this week to discuss the future of the upcoming Flash movie amid a recent string of high-profile controversy surrounding the actor, where he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm surprised it took that long to have it sit down. I'm sorry that I'm crazy. I'm sorry. He's probably got a, he's probably like, shit, look at all these legal fees I'm going to have and probably all these lawsuits I'm going to have. I'm going to need some money, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need that flash money to pay off because I'm a fucking nut. Yeah. So I don't know, but I, I would like to have seen that conversation though. I'd like to have been like fly on the wall. That yes, that's sitting in that boardroom meeting. All right, Ezra. We really need to talk to you. You 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 we got dude. We don't even know where to fucking start with you. I heard by the end of the meeting he got them all to join his cult. I, I so they're it. all, they all got all tattooed. They're all on board. Well, Damn. it's not a question of getting paid for it. Like that's cool, but like, there's royalties and stuff that go along with DVD releases and toys and merchandising and all that that they could still withhold from him. But or they could just scrap the movie altogether. Like that's cool that you got paid, but just think of all the money that you're leaving on the table. There's a reason why some actors will be like. All right, well, I won't take any payment for this movie, but I want a cut of the DVD rights or I want a cut of the home video rights, like the merchandise rights. It, there's still a lot of money left on the table, regardless if he got paid or not, if they scrapped the movie. I, I think they agreed that uh, he's now replacing Amber Heard and Aquaman, too. That's why they had to delay nice. it. Reshoots galore. Hope he just runs circles around Aquaman. Oh, no, it's it's still gonna be the character Mira, but it's just gonna be him playing it now. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna have a red wig on. My question it. is, how did how did the DC EU casting directors hire such train wrecks? 
How did they not well, see that coming? I don't think he was a true. I don't want to say that. Recently, here in the last what year or two, really became a train wreck. Two years. It just started with him choking a fan out and overseas. So want to fight? Want to fight? But I mean, I don't know if Amber. I guess Amber Heard's always been crazy, but I, it's you know what you show in public versus what's behind closed doors. He, I guess he's a methadone. Yes, methadone <laughs> but but yeah, he's just nuts. Nutto. Moving on, the 30th anniversary of the death of Superman is bringing back the infamous black polybags with a twist. DC announced the death of Superman 30th anniversary special. Number one will celebrate the legendary battle between Superman and Doomsday with four all-new stories. DC is also bringing back the original creative team for death of Superman anniversary special. The team will tell a story that shows how some of Superman's biggest allies reacted during the aftermath of the fatal battle of Doomsday. You know what I hate about these polybag books that are black like that? Books end up being fucked up. Remember when DC did all of those Harley Quinn and it was hard to find books that weren't fucked up. They take all the the diamond damage returns now and then polybag them. Do they? No. (laughs) Oh, I was like, because it just sucks. You know, you buy two or three and you open them up and you're like, fuck. So you're going to get a long box of these that can sit next to your long box of Death of Superman that you can't sell, too. Exactly. You know what? We didn't order a single one of these. I don't think a lot of stores will, honestly. Just for that that reason, I'm like, we have the original sitting right there. Why are you going to pay? I think it's like 15 bucks, too. Yeah. And they have, of course, like 10 million variants. You got to do it for that full color anniversary poster. Oh shit! Sold and the Sold. and the armband. This is gonna put my kid through college. Yeah. Jesus you know Christ. what's gonna sell better than that? The one dollar Frank Miller Ashcan preview. People care more about that than Probably. they do about this. But and Stick Boy says all returns end up in Walmart. <laughs> Dude, the Walmart's by me. They don't sell them anymore yeah i can't find them anywhere around here it's hard sad state of affairs when half the dc new releases don't even crack the top 200 in comic book sales yeah they're selling more manga at walmart than they are comic books these days says uh click says won't these now have cardboard inserts i hope so because that harley quinn shit was it was horrible. I was pissed. So Peter Parker Pants says, same as the re-releases of Cyber Force and Shadowhawk, they're still in dollar bins. They are. And that's where these are all going to end up again. Right next to the other ones. Yep. So. Moving on. The cover and solicitation for October's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 133. Um... <laughs> Features Donatello and Jenica facing an attack from a mysterious foursome. Instead of having different colored eye masks, these turtles are showing with gray bandanas covering the lower parts of their faces. They also have the same weapons as Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, and Michelangelo to really increase the confusion. 
I'm interested in this. Are you as a Turtles fan? Yeah, I am. It, it, I'm very interested to see like what it is, if they're a clone or because they're they're heading into this um, Armageddon war storyline that they've been leading up to. And it came with Donatello finding um, Mona Lisa, who is from, no, sorry. Venus, Venus de, Milo. de Milo. Thank you. Yes, Mona Lisa, someone else. Venus de Milo. Mona Lisa um, Yeah. Finding Venus de Milo, who is kind of like, a uh, Frankenstein turtle instead of being a female turtle like she was in the old TV show from the na- from the eighties nineties, um, she is now kind of like a Frankenstein together turtle put together with different parts from different mutated individuals. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if like the Rat King has turned them into cl- has cloned them, or if this is kind of taken from the ending of um, Last Ronin. If you've read the ending of that, you know that there are more turtles out there now. And so it'll be interesting to see if they're adopting stuff from that. Or That's what BK says. These are the last Ronin turtles. May, yeah, maybe. So or I really like that cover, too. I think it's a really cool cover. I think I think you're going to find out more about the last Ronin tor- turtles in the Lost Day stuff that's coming out. Um in November, so because they're continuing that Lost Ronin universe, uh, Kevin Eastman is. So I think you'll find out more about that there. But yeah, I'm interested to see what what's behind all this. Like I said, if they're clones or or what. So Secret Turtle Crisis. There you go. <laughs> Turtle verse. <laughs> so, all right. Moving on. In his upcoming remastered version of Brigade, Image Comics co-founder Rob Liefeld will roll out a totally new property and one that he's described as unlike anything he's ever done before. Doesn't look like it. Spoiler alert, he's actually going to learn how to draw feet. (laughs) (laughs) And as you see here, the one panel we have, they are cut off. Well, like, look how tight he's holding his thighs. Like, yeah, he's really clenching those butt cheeks. It's like man. he's tucking, bro. That's yeah, or he's clenching the butt cheeks. It's gotta hurt the balls. Yeah. Liefeld intends to tell the story of a world ground or a world ground under the heels of a superpowered being rifting on the event on that even popular question: What if Superman chose to rule? rather than to serve. Haven't we already, already seen that? The, con- the concept itself is something that has been riffed on quite a bit, right, in recent years, but James Gunn's Brightburn to the boys to even some of the alternate realities within the Arrowverse on the CW. But yeah, <laughs> He's doing it, the pee-pee dance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the pee-pee dance. Gotta get this fight done. I gotta get this fight done. <laughs> right. But it is, look how big those calves are. It goes right to these little-ass fucking chicken legs, like lower chicken legs. Yeah. Ugh. yeah he's got good. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's got an eight-pack. That's good. But it looks like a tiny little weenie. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the steroids of the, uh, the yeah. eight-pack. And I like how he's got that eight-pack, but he's got no packs. So he just must do crunches just all day, but never work to the upper body. You know, here's the thing is that when you're super strong, how do you get a good pump? How do you get a good pump? I guess. You, you know, just walking around. You're not just walking around pumped all the time. 
Shane, I'm going to say tucked in. Yeah, I think he's tucked in too. I'm going with tucked in. My vote is tucked in. <laughs> World of feet. Stick Boys' life builds a new character is called the Golden Shower. I don't know. I, I asked this question with John Romita Jr. and him. How do these guys still keep getting work? And how do you keep going to a publisher and be like, look, I've got this concept. Here you go. You take one look at this art <laughs> and you're like, sure, let me pay you to pu- put this out. I understand there's still a lot of Liefeld heads out there, but it makes me wonder, like, what is wrong? Why are you, why do you think this art's so good? I, I mean, let's, let's be real. It's not terrible, but it is weird. There's like weird details that are like, the human body doesn't really look that way. I mean, I get, maybe he's like an alien who looks human, but he's got the same anatomy, same musculature. It's just little weird. Like legs don't go together that way, especially when they're jacked up like that. Have you ever seen bodybuilders try to put their legs together and flex? Like you can't do it. <laughs> but you, for as long as Rob, Rob Liefeld has been in this business, you would think that at some point he would catch on that he doesn't know how to draw anatomy, and he just doesn't. He's always got one arm that's bigger than the other, massive calves, little legs. It's just... It's, it's just crazy. Can't draw feet. Can't draw guns. Can't forgets that a person has an upper lip. Like everybody in his his drawings are like born with a cleft lip. You know? Yeah. It's just. I don't know, man. Yeah. This is what it boils down to. Liefeld has sales. <laughs> yes, he does. And People. it's like whenever it it really seems like whenever people are starting to forget about him. He sparks some kind of controversy or he says something to get back in the news. Then he's like, well, I got a new book coming out. Pump those sales. Yeah. I don't know. There's a good point right here. Why would Liefeld draw differently? The insults equal attention. Yes. I I agree with DK. And he's in on the joke too. He, he, you know, he, he, he'll say it. But don't say it to him. He gets pissed. He'll block you. Yeah. Still blocked to this day by him on Twitter. I am as well. <laughs> and I still have my blocked by Liefeld shirt. Yep. Still blocked by him. But I just, I don't know, man. It, it, he is, he is 100% a shill to, at this point. But what are you going to do? This, this, this summer in a theater near you, tucked in. <laughs> All right, Rob Liefeld's new character. Uh, but that's it for news. Now it's time we get into a little bit of reviews as we're going to talk. News? That's it. What about the Lego talk... dude that's going to take what? the helm of DC? Oh, did you not put that slide in there? Because I didn't put that slide in there. Yeah, fuck it then. We can talk about it though. That's fine. That they got the. Lego director who's going to take over the helm of DC, which is still a stupid idea because, yeah, because he think just because he made a Lego movie that you, he thinks that that qualifies you to be an all inclusive, all knowing entity behind DC. That's a good question. Next time I see Rob Liefeld, I'm that gonna is a great him. question. I'm yes. going to pair. I'm going to bring a pair of five hundred ones just to see if he'll sign it. If you if you don't know 
uh, what Click My Vid is talking about. Like that's definitely worth a Google online to watch that commercial of him bragging about how he's never taken an art class in his life. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> it all makes so much more sense. But all right, let's talk. Do some reviews. Talk that is a nice little episode. jingle. I like that jingle, man. Yeah. Episode two of She-Hulk. How are you guys feeling about this series so far? Okay. I like I'll, it. I'll say that episode one had me a little worried, but episode two totally redeemed it. I I really enjoyed episode two. A lot more than episode one. I like the nice quick episodes. You like that the that they feel like they're less than thirty minutes? Yeah, it I, was less than 30 minutes. It was, was 25 it? minutes. Hmm. I still like that She-Hulk's dad is Cousin Larry. <laughs> I didn't Cousin even Larry catch that. Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers? Yes. I didn't even catch Well, When I first watched it, I was like, where have I seen that guy from before? Like, I know, oh, yeah. the, I know the voice. Like, where have I seen him before? And then I saw you in our chat talking about Cousin Larry, and I was like, Cousin Larry, and then Lance said it last night. He was like, "Perfect strangers." Like that's where I've fucking seen him from before. You know that's who else he is? From. You know who else he is though? In Finding Dory, he's Dory's dad. Mm, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. It's interesting. Yeah, I was like, are they going to get the same two people to play the parents as they did in Finding Dory? I thought hmm. that would have been neat. Anyway, like, what did you think about this? Did you watch this ish? I did. I thought it was okay. Um, I, I didn't think it was like very good, barely good. It was all right. It wasn't bad, passable. Um, I like that it, you know, the, the, the quickness of the episodes because I don't feel like I'm wasting a lot of time on it. But at the same time, when it's when you know, episode two ended, I was like, oh, we really didn't get that much story. No, it was basically way, two yeah, things, not, right? It was the two things. Well, I mean, you got a bunch of connection. They they finally um, reference in, you know, tie in the Edward Norton Hulk movie to the the MCU again. Well, it's all. I I never thought that was ever in question. Well, I think when I think it kind of was when Ruffalo took over because they never really. I mean, other than Thunderbolt Ross, they never really. But to, like talked about it again. I mean, and, he did say that he broke Harlem. Yeah, they they do re- reference that in this, and they reference he was like, but I was a different person back then, which I thought was a, no, no. But it was in it was in Avengers in the original Avengers movie. He says last time I was in New York, I kind of broke Harlem. He said that. It's been years since I saw. Yeah, I, I felt that there was no real strong need to make that connection, though the quip was pretty funny, though. Yeah, where he says, I'm literally a different person. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was a funny little, like, jab at, you know, that there's been multiple hoaxes. I, I, but I'm just, I, you know, it was cool to see Abomination come back. Yeah, I mean, he, he was in Shang-Chi. I don't think I've seen Shang-Chi. Well, the, the cliffhanger for the episode is what he is, his scene in Shang-Chi, where... He's fighting in this underground fight club 
against that Wong. was supposed to be secretive, but is I guess isn't uh, they put it on the news, so it's not so secretive anymore. But yeah, he was fighting against Wong in uh, in Shang Chi in this underground fight club. <laughs> I like that she's just like, I don't, I really want to take this case. Abomination breaks out. She's like, Crap. yeah. <laughs> she's just like, this is a great start. Dude, as a lawyer, as a lawyer, let me just say that client shenanigans are the worst thing to deal with. <laughs> you, you've How got about all Emil this stuff doing the uh, Trevor Slattery vibe. Yeah, definitely. The whole namaste and you know my pen pals and all that. He sent me a really nice haiku. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam, Sam, so do you think it was realistic for a deputy district attorney to be fired at night at a bar? No, that's not very realistic. First thing, first thing you got to understand about government jobs is that no one gets fired from a government job. <laughs> exactly. So I thought, like, <laughs> this, yeah, this was, I guess it's a nitpick to say that was unrealistic. But that kind of stood out like a sore thumb to me. Like, yeah, I don't think that's how this works. She just says she's a deputy district attorney. I like that he's got, yeah, seven inmate pin pals that he's going to go try to spend his life with. <laughs> yeah, they're, they were like funding his Patreon, right? They were going to mm -hmm. buy him an island. His prison only fans. Exactly. Only prisoners. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, the, the first part, the. The episode had basically two things that happened in it, right? You have the job search, and then you have the Emil Blonsky portion <laughs> of it. Um, uh, okay. Soon. BK says, how often have you defended Kyle from Comic-Con incidents? I've never <laughs> had to do that. Not even one time. It'll come. Give it time. That's what she said. Yes. <laughs> I softballed that right into you. That's what your wife says too. Yes. <laughs> Stop giving her the softball. Stop One more softball. softball. Hold on. You got to go hard and heavy. <laughs> That's Stop what your wife said. <laughs> All right. Back to the episode. Um, yeah, I thought some of the things that were great uh, were kind of the comedic timing. <laughs> Um, there was, there was one thing, there was one thing that I thought was kind of, uh, a caricature and that was her new boss Holloway just being an absolute dick to everybody. He's sending one guy to Minnesota cause he hates the snow. Uh, he's firing people just cause he doesn't like them. And he, he's just being absolute caricature of the law firm boss right he's just heartless he's all about the bottom line and so he's going to be kind of a one-dimensional ego trip uh that that part i was like okay so they're not really taking the people seriously this is just going to be this is going to be a caricature and and i mean correct me if i'm wrong but this show is directed and written by a, a woman right or women like it, yes it, Fuck! Now I can't watch it. Well, no, it's not that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe it's the case that men and women just don't understand each other, and so they're writing uh, the men as as kind of one dimensional caricatures of of what they seem to be. You know, just tropes. All the men are just tropes. 
and the only true you know dimensional character is going to be jennifer walters but, i'm fine with that but i did enjoy it i thought it was funny they, they played those tropes for laughs and they, they i i laughed a little bit but uh i liked it a lot much uh, a lot more than the first episode i liked it a lot much too a lot much. I, 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 I mean, out of the Disney shows, this is probably the right now. This is probably I'm enjoying it more than a few other Disney shows. Like Moon Knight. I, th- I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's, it's, but to me, it's, it's. You don't have to do a lot of thinking, so that makes it really better for it's me. It's no, it's no Mighty Ducks. I'll tell you that. <laughs> But it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of fun. Just you leave Mighty of... Ducks alone-ish. Emilio! They're game changers, all right-ish? Leave them alone. Dude, Gordon Bombay should fucking cameo in She-Hulk. I still think the best part's at the end when she has to do all the fucking, all the chores at her dad's house. Yeah, that was, that was the, all the water and the TV and shit. I, I, I think that's funny. The post credit scene is pretty good. So I, it I, is, it is kind of sitcom based a little bit. Yeah, I, like I, I mean, it's, like that though. it's it's a lot like Ally McBeal. If you guys are familiar with Ally McBeal, it's like girl centric, dancing baby, girl centric show. Yes, it it is. You are great, Peter Parker fans. She Hulk is different from the typical MCU. Yes, you're on mute. If you're going to say something, get yourself off mute, man. <laughs> I, I was responding to uh, Brooklyn and Nascenti. I believe she has passed away recently. She's a big time TV producer. You'd be surprised that like her name is on a lot of our favorite TV shows, including a lot of Star Trek. I'm with you, Patrick. F the haters. I like She-Hulk, too. I, I, do too. I enjoy the show. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. I enjoy the show mostly because my fiance enjoys it and she is excited to watch it and to the point where she's even like, we have another episode of She-Hulk to watch. And she could care less about most other Marvel stuff. So it's See, it's funny. My wife is the opposite. She, she, she wanted to watch the other stuff that she has zero interest in. How does she feel about bread, though? Busy yeah. being your mom. About bread? How does she feel about sourdough? Local sourdough. <laughs> don't don't get me started, Sam. <laughs> you know I have a new Run segment a on, on on Friday nights. Grind my gears. Maybe I'll I'll save it for one of that for that. There you go. It's a pretty good one. But all right, I think the general consensus all around is that She Hulk not too bad. Just give her the thumb down for being fired in a bar. No, I'm not giving a thumbs down. I'm not, I don't hate the show. I don't. I don't think it's awesome, but it's all right. I'll give it. Oh, one too far. Yeah, I mean, thumbs touching. I I enjoy the show. I mean, I one get thumb it. up for me. I, I I I just it's just fun to watch. Like, it's lighthearted. It's I think it's I I. Yeah, I don't I feel like it's insulted it. my intelligence yet. Mm. I wouldn't look that deep into it. It's just a, <laughs> I'll just watch WWE. Nobody respond to that. Oh, guys, if uh, speaking of wrestling, if you guys are wrestling fans, 
I do want to give a shout out to Party Hard Wrestling is having their finale, their, their series finale at the Nile in Mesa on Saturday, September 3rd. It's like 25 bucks for adults to go. Um, and this is, this is spectacular, like the most awesome amateur wrestling ever. I mean, it's not amateur because they do get paid, but it's like local, local wrestling. It's insane. So if you guys are in the Arizona, Phoenix area, and you want to check out some crazy yeah, stuff, like there. the closest thing to being in a cartoon in real life, you need to go see Party Hard Wrestling at the Nile next weekend. So this is something I wanted to address the chat as well as my co-hosts up here. House of the Dragon. What did everybody think? I, I, I don't think I Sam didn't watch it because he's not a Game of Thrones guy. I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. I just watched it because I just wanted to come on here and shit on it. I liked it. I think I'm the only one that watches Game of Thrones on this panel. I don't know if Ish does or not, but I enjoyed it quite a bit, honestly. But I I enjoyed the the callbacks to the stuff you already know, which which happens in the the particular series and i like the reason you find out the reason pretty much that the whole like prophecy of the white walkers has been going on for a long time before that stuff happened and i don't know i just i'm interested in the dragons and the targaryen stuff so it it kind of plays right into, right into my wheelhouse um and they again it's one of those things they didn't really uh like you said alluded to before they didn't really hit home with the nudity because there wasn't a lot of it but there's a goddamn orgy going on yeah but you don't see a lot there though like i don't know and i i watched it with uh the sound the sound bites of matt smith is ugly he's got a horse face and that's coming from my fiance so that's all i heard the entire time i watched it is how ugly matt smith is and Oh, she need if she's gonna sit through the show. She hopes he dies quickly because she doesn't want to sit there and look at him. And I don't know, but I I liked it for what it was. I'm excited to to see where it goes. And I I, just, I don't know. I just what I I gave it a shot because I didn't like Game of Thrones, but I was like, you know, new show. I'm gonna give it. I'll give it. Fuck it. I'll give it a try. Uh, Mojo. I mean. Yeah, game of, the way Game of Thrones Game of Thrones ended was bad, but it shouldn't leave a bad taste in your mouth for this prequel series that's completely separate. Well, it's not completely separate, but that isn't tied to the original show. Um, I would I would say watch episode one and give it a shot. And if you don't like it from there, then good on you. But I think it's it's different enough where you got to kind of just you know take that hit of mouthwash, wash that bad taste out of your mouth, and. And go back for like, do they for really something a little bit different. Dick off. I mean, that was a little extra. That was dope, dude. They had they how the I bet city guard that. just went through the town and cut people's hands off and called the dude a, a rapist and cut his wang off. And then you got to see like the jousting and the the battle at the for the celebration of the king having a, an heir having a son and just dude, like, like that part where they had to give the cesarean. I was like, oh fuck, right. It's, She's gonna die. Mm-hmm. Oh, she doesn't even like get to make that though, choice. Man. They just fucking slice right into her. And then the dude and the kid died. That's fucked. 
<laughs> Matt Smith is awesome. He's not horse faced at all. Okay, <laughs> he is an awesome actor, but he is not the the mo- best thing to look at apparently. So, yeah. No, George R. R. Martin has not finished writing the end of Game of Thrones yet. He'll be done in about twenty thirty five. But he says he's getting close. He'll he'll, he'll be done at the same time as we have a, a, a moon station. <laughs> Yes, double O, exactly. The throwbacks to the king has the dagger that Arya uses to kill the the White Walker king with. And So are it, they at the place like that the the throne the the that throne that's there? The is Iron that Zero. where it's at now or does it eventually get moved somewhere else? No, it, yeah, they're in King King's Thrones. Landing. They're in King's Landing where is that where they're at? Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. So, I thought I mean, the Targaryens were somewhere else. No, they were. Yeah, that, all that takes place in King's Landing. But I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited to see where it goes and more dragons. I'm always down for more dragon stuff. So they're supposed to do time jumps in this. Uh, not that I'm. No, he's making the the joke that there were time jumps in the original series. I don't uh-huh. think they're gonna do time jumps in this. But eh, I'll probably end up having to watch it anyway. So I'll probably end up. Was it what's it going to be like five episodes, hopefully? Uh, I don't know what their episode count is. Honestly, I would say it's probably going to be 10. But. Meh. But. (laughs) You're dragging this topic out. And on that note. (laughs) On that note. Let's get into some comic book reviews, shall we? Let's do it. Start with Amazing Spider-Man number eight. All right, let me bring some that up. Great offerings of Jean Romita Jr. art. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just by attrition, but I'm starting to get more used to the JR art again. And, and in this issue, I didn't think it was it was that bad. There's some bad ones. I can't, I can't, dude. I can't do it. I can't. You watch some of the amazing artists, like Ryan Otley, when he was drawing this book, and you watch some of the amazing artists that have taken on Spider-Man, and then you go to JR JR, who's just like everyone's got a blockhead. I just can't do his art, man. You're I just can't. I can't do it anymore. Like, it picked up where the last issue ended with Spider-Man being dropped to. from the skies by the vultures, by the vulture, I should say, thinking he's going to die. And he comes up with this brilliant idea that he's still got web fluid, so he's going to break open a web cartridge to try and use it to break his fall. And that's an excessive amount of snaps on four panels. <laughs> <laughs> Drink to the snaps. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's an excessive amount of snaps within four panels. Um, and then, yeah, so he, he stops and breaks his fall using the web fluid. Not that I'm not saying it wasn't a smart decision, but I'm just saying it's uh, an excessive amount of snaps. But how yeah, come, how come his arms are pinned to his side like that? It, well, because, yeah, I guess they get caught uh, by the web fluid. The way he's going, the web fluid is bracing his shoulders, and it's kind of—it looks like it's got. I was almost pointing, like I could, you can actually see me pointing on my screen. 
uh <laughs> it's actually like attached to his fingers so it looks like Got it's it. just kind of all pulling him back up what but, are these right here these little these three little things in his underwear uh web cartridges is that extras yeah it worked yo spidey look out Got him. Got him. And Vulture is pissed. Yeah, and he spears an upside-down Peter Parker and launches him back into the skies. Like, that. that's terrible right there, Ish. That's a terrible face. <laughs> this, you know, Bruce, for this is what I'm liking about that's this. That's not the so best face right there. He's getting his ass handed to him every issue yes. so far. Yes, I, that's what I've liked about it too, but like you would think at that point, like Peter would be sliding off him because he's not even like attempting to hold him at all. I guess maybe just the force and the momentum is keeping him there, but I don't know. So the vulture continues his I assault on Peter Wolverine Parker. Calls. Yeah, Dude, throwing right him there, into a building yeah. like that's a right good into shot. the chimney. Dude, in the chimney with care. Yep. So, pretty cool panels. So in the last issue, Norman Osborn presented Peter with an opportunity to work at Oscorp because Norman Osborn has now been absolved of all his sins by Sin Eater, so he's a good guy, and he doesn't want to go back to being a bad guy. So he builds a suit for Peter to use out of Oscorp tech. Uh, Peter declines to use it at that point. So now that Vulture has messed up and destroyed his web shooters and beat him to a pulp, He's pretty much got no choice, so he calls Norman Osborn for help to bring him the suit, and Osborn pretty much says no. Gives him the double middle fingers, says deuces, and I'm not going to do it. So yep. then Norman gets mad and, and you know... Breaks his phone. Breaks his phone. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, so it's more of, so of like Peter getting beat up by the Vulture where he eventually comes up with the idea that he's going to use the Vulture to get him to Oscorp to get that suit. So he leaps onto him. Uh, as the vultures flying by for another pass to finish him off, uh, and he pretty much rides him all the way back yeah, to, to Oscorp. And I I liked the fact that it, it says in that panel, "Motherfucker, are you steering me?" Like I <laughs> I kind of chuckled to myself at that panel right there. And he's just like, maybe he's very coy, like maybe. So he gets him back to Oscorp, and Peter gets the suit, and then. Peter's got this glider and he throws basically a pumpkin bomb that's full of spiders on tombs and takes Dude, him like out. This... Oh shit. Hey, like can we go one... back up? Can we go back up to the panel where Vulture slams into the glass? I think it's the, oh, the one right one. before. Well, just every time a bird slams into the glass of my house, it always leaves the wing prints. <laughs> right. Unreadable. Unreadable, no wing prints, <laughs> or it's a dead, lifeless carcass on the ground because it broke its neck. <laughs> Freaking birds! Like, I love, glass, like this is this is badass. Like this yeah, is he's weird. got a he's got a spider glider, and he makes reference about how gliding around is more fun than web slinging, and that he should have done it a long time ago. But the, so then he starts the assault on Vulture, hitting him in the face with. The spider bomb, I guess you could call it, which releases all these like little mechanical spiders. Uh, it's like so a then, horror movie. Yeah, so now that Spider-Man has this new suit, he pretty much takes Vulture to the woodshed, who's all upset that you know, Peter told his granddaughter that he's a murderer, and 
he gets upset about it. And Peter's like, what are you trying to do to me right now? He's like, you think that the response for your granddaughter finding out you're a murderer and getting angry at you is to come try and murder me? You think that's the best thing to do? And he's pretty much like, yeah, that's what I thought. So, Yes, the iron spider suit is better, but this one it is. Well, and we haven't really seen what the Oscorp Spider-Man suit does other than this little bit of gliding and attaching to his back. Like, it's still kind of unknown what what it holds and what it can do, but um, it was cool enough. And then like you kind of have a comment. favor. Yeah. And then he's like, though, the suit could do one more thing. Check this out. And it's got a built-in emoji face. <laughs> That's <laughs> where I was like, fuck. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's asleep. Darn. He's hitting with this like little emoji smiley face. And I was like, come on. And then, so Peter has this confrontation. This is the part where he's kind of like talking to him about how he thought it was a wise choice to try and kill Peter after, you know, his granddaughter finds out he's a killer and gets pissed off at him. Those are the worst webs ever. Yes, they are. Looks like he's got like, looks like he fell into like a porcupine nest and just got shot with spines <laughs> or he fell it's a terrible. cactus yeah but so it comes with peter coming back to oscorp and basically confront norman of he looked like he's taking a dump <laughs> yeah basically confront norman asking him like why why didn't you come help me are you is this a trick are you trying to kill me and norman basically breaks down and says i wanted to help you but because sin eater absolves me of my sins i'm afraid that I'm still that person and I can't be that person anymore. So the minute I step back on that glider, people are going to automatically associate me with the green goblin again. And it's going to come out that I'm, I'm that person. And as much as I want to, I have to fight that urge. And Peter pretty much sees the, the the Renaissance and Norma Osborne's character and agrees to, to work at Oscorp. And, and, was he That's giving him a Chicago true. sunroof? Is that what was happening? Yep. <laughs> so, yep. It's... I like how Norm Osborne looks like he's only got one tooth in that panel, too. Like, yeah, he didn't draw back. any teeth but one. <laughs> Just oh, one yeah, tooth. <laughs> so does Peter. Peter Same does with Peter. Peter. <laughs> yeah. Peter looks like he's trying to give him well, the he dirty He's got hair. all his knocked out, so. Make my day. Yeah. But this <laughs> has been a very good arc in. in spider-man so far like the creative team on this is really doing well minus the ramita jr art but the the story itself has been very very good (laughs) (laughs) i really yeah right i really like this matt reads comics to you segment you know just reviewing it man giving you the gist of the rundown yeah he needs to go to a new barber well i mean it's been his style for the last 40 years. But yeah, that's that's like one of the the um like Brucifer said that the I think it was Brucifer that said that it's like every issue he's just getting obliterated, just the piss beaten out of him. And that's definitely been one of the, the highlights. <laughs> so that's what I thought too. That he has cornrows. Uh, I thought the same thing. So, want to do damage control? Yeah. So, so this is damage control one by the same guy who wrote the Goldbergs, Adam Goldberg. 
Now, I don't remember if you guys wrote read the book. It was called uh, Hank. Oh, fuck. But it was Hank something, Agent of Hydra. And it's pretty much like Hank clocked in. Hank Johnson, a, Agent of Hank Hydra. Hank Johnson. Thank you, Matt. And it was like, it, was, it wasn't like a, so much as a superhero thing. It was, it was more like a day at work. Yeah. Like, you know, Hank Johnson was like, you, you saw him at home with his wife and you, and like he clocked into work. He had a, you know, a dude that sat next to him that was his buddy. And uh, so this is kind of what Matt and I were talking about was this is kind of that same essence to it. So just sitting here, if you want to do it, Matt, you're really good at reading the comic for everybody. <laughs> uh, so this dude is basically applying for a job with damage control in a coffee shop. He doesn't even really know what he's applying for. He's uh, he's talking to the guy interviewing him, and the guy's basically bragging about how he works at damage control and how they're like the company that is responsible for cleaning up superhero messes, <laughs> like when the Hulk smashes through um, a borough in New York or anything like that. They are the ones that are responsible for the cleanup and basically the the press of it and trying to take care of it. So as you see, like, and what I love about this book is just like the off the wall and like odd color interactions they have with these heroes. So like <laughs> Moon Knight walks in this coffee shop and he's just like, yo, Moon Knight, what's up? And Moon Knight's like, um, hey, you like, I don't even know you. And so then they're talking like in the background, Moon Knight's ordering a coffee and they, they call him Mona and then they call him uh, Moob, Moob's Knife. Moob <laughs> yeah. And they even write it on the coffee mug. And then, like, um, he's getting mad about how, like, he, I like what he, he actually asked for bought. no whip. Yeah. He got a grande quad, non fat, one pump, no whip, mocha yeah. right down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For Mona. And, and then he's mad about how, like, <laughs> He asked for no whip, and they messed up his coffee order. Like, like you would really see Moon Knight in just a coffee shop like that, right? Like, he's like seriously moving. Yeah, how does he drink it through his mask? Right. <laughs> so then, are, are the faces in this any better than in Spider Man? Let's be real. I, I like the art in this a little bit better than what Ramit is offering, but I'm looking at some of these faces, and I'm like, that's kind of. Not so yeah, stop so, picking up for JRJR. Yeah. <laughs> so then he takes him back to like hey. the, the, the damage control main office and he's like, That building's old and condemned, isn't it? And falling apart. And he's like, That's just what we want you to think. And he opens the door and walks in, and you just see like a massive pile of, of superheroes there. So you, you got a very busty uh Scarlet Witch looking like she was joined drawn by J. Scott Campbell. Uh, you got a very weird looking Camilla Khan standing there. Um, Thor with his back to everyone, then Spider going up on there and Wolverine. So you get introduced to what the damage control and that his job is he gets hired and his job is going to be the mail room and you have to deliver all the mail by five o'clock. Otherwise, this world ending event can happen. I like this see, right here. I'm gonna need yeah. to check under your eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in, and Nick Fury says, "Do that, and you lose your arm, son." So like, it's just got really off the wall, cool interactions with the heroes in it. So then he gets, yeah, there he is in the mail room, yeah, and, and he's got to go uh, deliver 
deliver mail to floor 13. And he's like, there's no floor 13. He's like, oh, maybe it's just a little symbol. And he's in the elevator with Ghost Rider, and he asks Ghost Rider to turn down his head because it's a little hot in there. And Because he has Ghost an Rider ice cream cake it, yeah. that he's got to deliver. Yeah, and so Ghost Rider makes it hotter, and he's like, oh, okay. And then he's like, this is my floor, and he gets off. And So it's, what this is, the 13th floor is a pocket dimension. They, they explained it that there's so many people that work there in this division and so many cubicles that they had to they had to go to Reed Richards to build a pocket dimension to fit all this stuff in. So that's what floor 13 is, is it a, a pocket dimension. So he's going through and gets told where to go to deliver the ice cream cake. And that, that part was kind of funny because by the time he finds the guy, yeah, you see She-Hulk standing there and Forge. And so by the time he finds the guy that he's supposed to have the cake delivered to, it's all melted and the guy gets like pissed off because... <laughs> He just he he looks forward to this one slice of ice cream cake every year on his birthday, and apparently he never gets it. Always molded and or olded and melted, and so he he can't ever get there. So then they has to like I said, he's got to work that getting that mail delivered by five o'clock. So he enlists the help of uh, Nightcrawler to bamf him all over the office to get the mail delivered, and he forgets to deliver one letter and so he says well one letter what's the, what can that harm cause so he shreds it <laughs> and he's like nobody shred. will ever know yeah <laughs> well then <laughs> everything goes to hell there's a red alert everyone's flipping out and his boss one or the guy that hired him says what you know did you deliver all the mail and he's like yeah of course and he's like are you sure and he's like well maybe there might have been an incident where i shredded a letter he's like we need to find that letter because if we don't, the scrolls are gonna like invade the earth, or the scrolls are gonna like blow up the earth. So they start digging through the dumpster and they enlist the help of Quicksilver to try and find the letter and piece it back together. And that's kind of where the the main story ended is with Quicksilver trying to help him put this this stuff together. He's like, Maybe the mailroom wasn't the best place for you. He's like, I've got just a job for you, and then that's where the main story ended. I so. I just found this a fun read just for that. You it's you know it's it's a shitty work day. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's it's a behind the scenes. It's you know the the stuff that you think about in comics what really happens there's got to be other stuff that's going on and it's that side you always wonder about. It's the the everyday man who works you know, like you said it works that shitty same 9 to 5 job that you have <laughs> but right. just was around superheroes and it's cool just to see the interaction and the difference and in it and just the comedy like i really i actually surprisingly really enjoyed this book like i'm looking forward to issue two and then what's that logo what's that like bare face logo that's just the damage control logo and then this is a separate story that i did not read i didn't read it either i was like "Eh, i had fun i'm not going to read this separate off off colored story so then i am robin a Dude. book that leads into Batman versus Robin. I the, love this cover. Yes, the cover is awesome, but the art in this book is so inconsistent. One minute it's really, really good, then it takes a steep turn, and then it gets really, really good again. So, like, there's parts of this panel that are really, really dope, and then you get to like the faraway shots of Robin, and then this shot of him when he gets his heart ripped out. It's just. It's almost like reading Amazing Spider Man. Yes, kind of. Not quite that bad, but still yeah. bad. 
but oh stick boy says that's a bulldog logo damage control there you go oh, okay but oh yeah go ahead kyle explain it to us what's that i said go ahead kyle explain it to us or not <laughs> i was spacing out <laughs> Uh, What's going on here? This is uh, the demon heart. She uh, she promises it to this dude. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. I can't remember that dude's name. That's why I was like, I'm going to kick it off to you. Ah, I, like... bastard. <laughs> I can't remember his name. But this is a terrible... Jack fucking... Skellington? Isn't that Jack Skellington? a terrible review. But he gets she gives him powers for getting him for getting her the heart. And what's going so, on is okay. we're just gonna call him Lord Lord Dead Man. I, it's not Dead Man, but it's so he makes a deal. Lord Death Man. Oh, okay, there you go. Lord Death Man. Then he makes a deal that he if he gets um her the heart of the demon, then she is gonna basically upgrade him. So he gives her the heart and he says, you know, he thinks that they're in love. And he says, well, I thought you were going to give me an upgrade for that. So she gives it to him. And then she doesn't want Robin sniffing around Damian Wayne, sniffing around, finding out what's really going on on the Lazarus Island. So when they start to approach, he upgraded and he starts attacking them. And uh, everyone's rushing in and he just starts dispatching, pretty much dispatching everybody. And then uh even uh i can't remember her name either is it cardiac it's not cardiac um it's flatline flatline thank you um flatline goes in and starts attacking her old uh boss and even he kind of dispatches her quickly and then robin just walks in and he's like all right let's do this and he, he starts to get his butt cack butt kit butt cacked and butt he's like cacked. love kills and then robin's like yeah i know and then rips his heart out so Takes away all of his power. Yeah. Even he's though like, his heart will what? regenerate. And eventually. Yeah, he's gonna regenerate and so Robin tosses the, the heart to cardiac and flatline. Or flatline. God damn, I'm just gonna cardiac. call her cardiac from now on. Screw it. Even though cardiac is Spider-Man villain, yep. <laughs> uh yes, he is still on Lazarus Island. So basically he's talking to them about they start talking about Robin you know, leaving the island and it's time for him to go home. And, and he gets into the whole speech about his dad. And she's like, we just need a beach day. And so kind of <laughs> has snapshots of them having a beach day together. And basically it leaves yeah. off with Robin saying, I have some unfinished business with my father that I need to take care of. And it's leading into Batman versus Robin. So there's a, and yeah, he here's is a reading a manga story. through this, yeah. Sam Robin reading manga. That's what he's sitting and doing. That terrible art. And <laughs> she's talking about how he shouldn't be telling people that that's his girlfriend. And then you got like junior death stroke peeping Tom from the woods. Right. And then they're like, like we're leaving. He's like, I can't leave. And they're like, all right, you're fucking, we're out of here. Yeah. Like Connor Hawk is leaving to go find his father, Holly. And then he's like, well, shouldn't you go find your dad too? And, Damien's kind of like, we got unfinished business with him, and this one's like, story continues in Batman versus Robin, number one. Yes. 
But that's a sick splash page right there. Yes. I hope Batman versus Robin is full of beach days. <laughs> it's a classic manga trope, the beach day. But I mean, but. it wasn't bad. I want to know how his mask stays on it's without that middle piece day. here. So, but. yeah, we'll see how it goes. You need to get that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And he ends up climbing in that cave and he gets here. He's to be continued cave. in Batman and Robin number one. Is that the castle Greystoke? Yep. Greystoke. Greystoke. So that's not bad. Hold on, I gotta take this call as well. <laughs> it's my agent wanting to get me a job for my amazing comic review skills. But that leads us into our next segment. Best and worst comic covers of the week. Kicking us off, we got our worst comic of the week, cover of the week, Deathstroke Inc. 12. <laughs> That's... It's Marco. Don't pick up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is Deathstroke. God, um, it's Deathstroke and in Ink Twelve. That is a terrible, terrible cover. It's a really cool looking shark, though. Shark with a gun in its mouth. Mm -hmm. Dude, every shark has a gun in its mouth. It's standard equipment. Hartman's is Archer inspired. Yes, this week I think the hot the the not the hot but the the cool cover of the week was tough. There was so many good covers. Yeah, so this is one we'll let the chat decide on too. But Kyle and I were kind of torn on which one it should be. Kyle really likes that I am Robin cover. I mean, it's sleek, simple cover, but really well done. Um, then we had the Gwenverse Spider Gwenverse covers for issue five. Um, I really like the land cover, even though it's pretty well overdone. And then we had the Harley Quinn re reprint of the, the Killing Joke homage, which was my favorite cover of the week. Like, I was really excited for this cover. So, Hartman says, not the Robin. <laughs> and then there was the Darth Vader cover. Yep. Oh, that's yep. right. And then the Darth Vader cover. That Darth Vader cover, I think... It, for me, it's a tie between the Harley Quinn and the Darth Vader because that Vader cover is really sick. Both Vader covers were sick. The A cover was just as equally awesome. You like the Miles cover? Um, Miles cover wasn't. I don't know. So you're talking about this one? It's a dope cover, but I don't know if it was like when. It's just something about when you look at that Harley cover for me in person in your hand it's Go it just hits it a little bit quick. different the harley cover yeah i mean it is a good cover it is an homage though yes but it's still a very very sick cover like i kind of want to display it in a frame on my wall behind me right next to like killing joke just 
I don't know. It's just something about that cover looks fresh. Honestly, even like the facsimile, like the Detective Comics 27 facsimile, it, it is just a, a beautiful looking cover in person. It's just something about it, man. But there you go. The Miles one is cool, but it's just, I don't know. Something about that Harley cover just hit different for me. So. Dude, and I bet you it's almost impossible to find a pure white of that Robin. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's all kinds of color rub on it. It's going to be, it's a, uh, let's see, mine. Does mine have color rub on it? What's the back of the issue look like? Out here. So you got to think that's what's rubbing on the, on the cover. Um, I mean, mine doesn't have any color rub. Mine does not have any color rub. No. So Eric, if you want to pull these up, Eric says his top three covers this week are Heavy Metal one three eighteen cover A, Tales of the Human Target number one cover A, Swamp Thing sixteen cover B. Swamp Thing sixteen cover B, huh? Yeah, that that. Fucking Vader cover though, man. It I saw that and I was like, fuck. But there were so many great covers. It was really hard for me this week to try to find what I thought the best covers were. Cause as I was going through the previews, I was just like, man. That Swamp Thing cover B is pretty cool. Uh let me share my screen here. Oh, I didn't even see that. That is pretty good. Let's see. What was the other one? Heavy Metal 318. Let me bring that up. Let's see. I don't know if Heavy Metal 318 is going to be on the this site that I'd use. I got it right here. Let me yeah, share my screen. My screen. Is this the cover you're talking about, Eric? It's got that uh, Game of Thrones feel to it. Oh, it is on there. Yeah. That is cool. What was the other one that he said? Tales of the Heavy, heavy Metal shirt sure does the lovely ladies well. Yes. Human target number one. Cover A. Says Harley barely holds over on Swamp Thing for the top spot. Yeah, the Swamp Thing one is is cool, but like I said, that there's just something about that Harley cover to me. I don't I don't know. Let me see. Uh, but what is it again? Uh, human Target. Oh, I think I know what this. Uh, By Tom I King. I, was, I, I think I was uh, contemplating this one. Let's see. I don't think this one's it. Nope. It came out this Wednesday? I believe so, yeah. Uh, yeah, human target number one. I can't find it, but we'll take your word for it, Eric. I think I got it right here. That definitely should be on League of Geeks. 
under the DC books. Is it this one? Oh, Tales of the Human Target. He's right. Oh, it, it was. Yeah, like I, think I, got, I think I got it right here. Uh, I could take or leave that cover. I liked it. It's cool. I'm not a James Bond fan, though. That feels very James Bondish to me. James Bond. He's just going to insult ish. <laughs> Kyle loves James Bond. You're just really insulting your you're insulting yourself when you say things like that. No, sir, that's an incorrect statement. <laughs> well, there you go. Those are top your our uh, top picks for cover of the week. Uh, we're gonna move to a new segment that I don't have an intro for yet. Uh, we're trying out called the first appearance of first appearance this week. We had two of them. Fantastic Four forty six. We had the first appearance of Joanna. Um, the sister of Reed Richards. So the half-sister of... Yeah, Pfeffers, the half-sister of Reed Richards. So you get her first appearance this week. As well as everyone wanted to know what's going on with Billy Morales. Well, in Miles Morales 41, you get to see that in alternate timeline, Billy Morales becomes the sensational spider smasher. Those are your two big first appearances this week. That's kind of cool. So there you go. And now moving into our top five list of the week, we decided to do top five She-Hulk covers. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I'll go. Since I have to, hold on, it's loading with my slow-ass computer. <laughs> well, you just want me to go then? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it just this was my up. number five from She-Hulk number four. Uh, I just kind of like how she's in the ring and she's got uh, the thing as her her boxing coach. Number four from Dan Slott's She-Hulk number one. I just really like the, the artistic work on that with the, the scales of justice uh, and the whole justice is blind and she's like pulling up the, the bandana, giving a little little smile, nod to the camera. Uh, then I like the uh, She-Hulk number two cover. Um, can't ever think of the artist. On, this is the Burntall cover, right-ish? Isn't this the Burntall? I think it is. What movie is that from? Is that from Pretty Woman? Uh, I don't know. I didn't remember. Kind of like it. But I really like that cover. It just feel like it's a sleek, um, well done cover. And then uh, my number two is this She-Hulk cover. I just like. I think it looks really, really well done. And then my number one is a an Bartel. That's right. Yeah, the Bartel. That's right. Thank you. Yes, Jen Bartel. Thank you, Double O. Um, Lena Yuck, homage to the very first Immortal She-Hulk cover. Which I think is very, very well done. So that is my my top five for Shield covers. I'll go ahead and do mine. Oops. So I got this uh, Scotty Young. I just like it. It's fun. That's just a fun cover. I imagine that's another one of those covers that is probably hard to get it at a high grade. And it, but I like it. 
Next one I did a Sensational She-Hulk 53 because it's a cool little homage cover. That's cool. I considered that one for my top five. I just, yeah, this is just a great cover. Uh, same thing. I did the dance slot one, so I'm just going to skip past it. I did this one because this is just fucking badass. I really like. We've got that a is a badass. We got. I mean, it's just got everything in it. Just, she's nice and ripped. Some low, some low uh, pants. Low rise jeans. Some, some hip huggers there. She's fucking shit up. Like it's just a, it's just a great cover. And then this one, I just love it. This this land cover is just fucking badass. Yeah, look, he can draw guns. And he can look at them fucking silencers. Holy shit! <laughs> she means business. So, I, although, I mean, I, I get that it's done because the the holster on her hip, but like that one leg looks very very small compared to the other one, even with the holster. But still, it's a pass. Yes. So those are my top five. Now we get into Ish's top five. Yeah, we'll do Ish's top five. I don't know how you wanted them, Ish, because you didn't send them to me numbered. So I just threw them in here. That so far, this is all right. I, I like this one and the one where, where it's like uh, the puzzle pieces. I picked both because it's just depicting the inner struggle of the character. Not necessarily for the artwork itself, and I fucking hate that Toys R Us thing at the top, but I like I like the scene that it depicts. Um, this is just cool, man. I just I love. I that. considered that's, that one. That's just badass. Yeah, so this one and the first one, I kind of felt just kind of the meta ness of the character and everything that's going on in the book all kind of summarize into one image. And then the uh, I picked the first issue and the final issue, which are very similar. Um, of course, with the breaking of the fourth wall, she's reading her original number one comic book and the quip about, you know, if you don't read this, I'm going to come take away your X-Men. Just kind of bullying the X-Men incels in their basements, I guess. And the final issue, which her, the, when the comic book was canceled, uh, if you skip to the next one, this is the next one. Like there, I don't know how you. Oh, okay. you, just, right. you, sent. So you, you just use the cover. same image. That's what I said. You, you sent the same cover twice, and you're like, "No, they're different." I'm like, oh, no, all right. In the, in the chat, they were different. Yeah. No, in the chat, they were different. This is your error. Okay, I'll but take the, the blame the, for the it. final issue. Is yeah. Very similar, and she's making good on her promise. She's like, "My series got canceled. I'm coming after you. I'm taking your X Men." Yeah, she says. Now hand over those X Men comics. Okay, kids, we had a deal. Now hand over those X Men comics, yeah. And she's holding both co both covers. I don't know if you can see that. Here we go. So it's almost, almost, you know, before, well, before a decade before Deadpool, you know, She Hulk was was doing the stuff, breaking the fourth wall, being all meta, talking to the readers, referencing their fandoms. Here, here, I'll make it right for you, Ish. Thank you, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll fix my blunder. There you go, Ish. <laughs> So, Joe says, "Sensational twenty nine, thirty four, and forty are his picks." So, Very nice. 
So then, Kyle, you have a new segment that you want to kick off tonight, right? So, yeah. I would, End I, the night? Yeah, so what I'm trying to do is, is I'm going to try to keep it more theme-related from now on. Like I was thinking about when we were first talking about doing this, I was talking about, uh, like, maybe we could make it, like, movies that were had to do with something that was a lot of a lot of expensive shit was lost but i didn't do that i kept it kind of i wanted to keep this week's one a little fun and what i mean by movie wars is i'm going to show two movies and we're going to vote which is the better movie and why which one is preferred to watch and why and i figured this would be fun for the chat fun for us so I'll bring it up. So here in Movie Wars. But Kyle, you hate every movie. I don't hate no, it. Yes, you hate every movie. Unless it's James Bond. You no, shut you up about James, James Bond, Bond movies. Who's talking shit about James Bond? <laughs> hey, James Bond. You don't have a license to critique. So this week for my movie wars, I picked Tremors versus the Burbs. <laughs> Is it Halloween already? <laughs> Tremors all day. Dude. Tremors. The Burbs is great. The tre- Tremors is great, but the Burbs. The Burbs are, that's just a fucking, everything about that is just a great fucking movie. It's so, so funny and so creepy. It's, it's. <laughs> So, like, I, yeah, so what, okay, so Matt, what do you say? You say Tremors? Tremors. Sam? The Burbs. Ish? Tremors. See, I saw both of these in theaters multiple times. This is when I was a kid. Holy shit. You went to the theaters multiple times to watch these movies? <laughs> both of these movies I did. Good. Nice. Stop the presses. It's when I was a kid I and I didn't mind. Movie. It, it it happens. I'm not going to admit it very often, but it, this was this is a hard pick for me. This is a hard pick because like they keep teetering like this for me, but I'm gonna have to go with the burbs. That's so, a tie. We need the chat to give us a no. Tie your, your mom your mom picked tremors. She breaks the tie. So we got oh, in there. We got to put the whole chat. Then we got you to the chat. So we got the whole chat. The burbs. The Peter Parker pants in at the burbs. We've got Lucifer with tremors. Um, Hartman says the burbs. Wookie, Solo Wookie says, says the burbs. burbs. Stick boys the burbs. burbs. Your mom tremors. Burbs uh, is life. Hi ish. This is Evan. Burbs is life. It's Justin Burbers. Yeah, those burbs. are repeats. Let's just. Burbs. That burbs is like Justin Burbers does not count. Okay. It looks like well, Burbs has it. The Burbs the is burbs crushing has it. So. I, the I Burbs just, takes the win. So every week I think I'm going to... Ch- and if you in the chat would like no, us... No, Kyle, to- hang on, hang on. You ought to do brackets so we can keep track. So let's have the winner stay on and then we'll bring another movie in. How's that? So Burbs will stay for next week, and we'll see how good it does against the next pick in your in your verses. Okay. 
So if anybody in the chat has movie ideas that would like you would like to shoot at me that I don't think of at Kyle six four seven nine on um inst on the Instagram. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you can you can shoot me a messenger there. But so this week it's the Burbs. The Burbs will be back next week to go up against a new a new movie. That's how we'll yeah, do we're, it. We're also kicking around the idea of doing a uh, tremors too. A segment called Comic Wars, also in the, kind of in the same light, but it's where you give us a situation or an event, and we try to find a comic book story that we feel fits that event. Um, so you would give us a topic, and then the next week we would come prepared with the comic book story yeah. or arc that we feel best incorporates said topic or event, and then you would vote on who's the winner. So, so if you have an idea for if you have an idea for that, a theme that we can do, you could do Kyle six four seven nine, or you could hit up the Absolute Geek Instagram with your ideas. If someone if there starts talking about a brick idea, oven, I'll send you. I'll send you. <laughs> I'll send you a, a prize. Just, uh, just know that if someone hits you back about a brick oven when you're talking to the Absolute Geek, it's it's not me. So, just disregard it so just, yeah there it is so we'll, we'll, we'll yeah so we'll i don't know how we'll do it but we're gonna do comic wars and we're gonna keep doing movie wars so also um just a reminder we have our giveaway for the uh the riddler book signed riddler book we're gonna pick a winner next week um you just have to leave a comment below of what your favorite comic book this week was and make sure that you are subscribed to both the Absolute Geek channel and the Renovision channel, and you are entered to win that book. And hopefully, we'll pick a winner next week if people actually enter. So, dodgeball clip. Who doesn't want free? We should shit? do a contest oh, do a to see clip? how many books we can lose in grading companies. I don't want to do. I do I'm not want to participate my in that. Collection to see if they lose it. I do not <laughs> want to participate in that. Yes. So, yeah, there's a clip yeah. in the Google Doc, Matt. Uh, featuring Gavin do not Geeks. watch the new Thor movie featuring Absolute Geeks own Tyler Tryon uh, okay I'll stop go. sharing my screen but if you guys and, like and that idea I, we'll keep doing it because I, I just think yeah. it's fun I'm really excited for Comic Wars though with a dodgeball clip didn't ask me to include audio. Yeah, don't. You don't need audio. It, let's not get that copyright strike. All right. So uh, on the far side is Tyler Tryon, who is a co-host on one of Absolute Geek shows, and he's also a tremendous catch when it comes to dodgeball. Boom. Yeah, Bruce Fur. Not bad. What is it? Let me see it again. Isaac versus Tyler. Tyler gets a shot off. Ready, set, go. Ready, set, go. Okay, here we go. So 1v1. It's like the Old West. Boom. Gets that catch. Got the catch. Boom. We... Our live every Wednesday night. If you guys find our Facebook group, you can watch trip 
Triple D Dodgeball live every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Arizona time until we quit. It's usually about an hour, hour 20. Uh, we love to have viewers. And if you guys want to come play, you're always welcome. We don't charge a thing. You just got to stand in there and get hit by a ball. <laughs> there you go. Sam will be your huckleberry. You got that right. <laughs> but, well, I think that does it for another episode of Saturday Night Special, guys. Good show, man. Thanks, everybody, for coming and hanging out. Check out Thresholds of Reality. We had a couple good interviews this week that were a lot of fun. Long live and prosper. But, go, yeah, go over to – we should be putting out an episode. We should be putting out the Ghost Hunt episode soon where we talk about our ghost hunt. Yeah, that'll be be not this coming week, but the week after that. We've got two new episodes Two new interviews coming this week as well. Because I think we still, we're still going through our footage. But thank you, everybody, for showing up. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for the kind words. It'll get better, we promise. Can I say one thing? <laughs> no, Always. you can't. Yes, one go ahead. Thing. Come on. So, so uh, since Thursday, <laughs> this weekend is the world's largest Star Trek convention at uh, Bally's Hotel in Las Did Vegas. Is your wife? Actually, no, but we did get engaged there. Um, they announced this morning, you know, Saturday and Sunday are the big days. They announced that the convention was completely sold out, full capacity. So Star Trek fandom is is at one of its peaks right now. That's We're a lot of Trekkers strong. in one location. It's a lot of Trekkers. Yes. <laughs> and you'd be shocked at the amount of partying that goes on there. It's it's It gets crazy. I'm not shocked at all. Thank you, Sam. They get that. They get wild on that synth hall. <laughs> yeah. What did so I one do? Time of the year for the nerds, for the nerds to just. I, I don't know how I did this, but all right. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. So shout out to Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, thank you guys so much for tuning into another Saturday Night Special. Make sure to so, show your love to the rest of the shows on Renovision. Uh, you got the Star Wars show tomorrow night, the Attack Show on Wednesday. Um, and all the other great content Pete and the guys put out on this channel. Make sure you subscribe to the Absolute Geek channel and catch out our content on Fridays and everything else we put out. And make sure to check out Thresholds of Reality. I know Kyle and Sam work hard to entertain you guys with all the crazy, unknown nonsense that may or may not exist out in this world and the the people that um, believe in their own brand, I guess. so, Dude, that UFO, if you guys go... Listen to an episode. Go listen to the guy we talked about about the UFOs. Not only does he Jeff believe, that, yes, not only does he believe that UFOs exist, but they're actual shapeshifters, and they come out of vortexes out of South Mountain here in Phoenix. And he has this crazy footage that looks like a dragonfly that he says is a serpent, and then he's got this crazy red orb that he caught. So it's a really fun episode. You guys go check it out. Good stuff. Got lots of good stuff on there. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, you guys have a good week. Enjoy your Saturday. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 